3: Adi Oladipo here. Thanks as always for downloading Final Extra. A quick announcement for those of you who listen to us regularly. Until the end of May, we will no longer be releasing new episodes on Tuesdays. Myself and Gareth will now be with you on Wednesdays instead up until the end of May. If you want to catch up on air, we're in the new slot 1pm on Wednesday afternoons on TalkSport 2. Otherwise, we'll be in the same place as usual on Fight Night podcast channel alongside all our great other boxing content.
4: On DAB, plus online via the Talksport app and on your smart speaker. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2.
3: If you love your boxing, then this is the show for you. Find extra myself, Adi Aladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today we're looking back on a thrilling weekend in boxing, starting in Dublin at the Fiorina. Chantel Cameron upset the home crowd by defeating Katie Taylor on points. We'll be hearing from Cameron and her trainer, Jamie Moore, both of whom have been speaking to Gareth. And we'll also, of course, talk about what next for great Katie Taylor. And if a rematch is the right option to take, we'll also talk about the massive lightweight fight on Sunday morning in Las Vegas as Devin Haney edged out Vasily Lomachenko. Many, including myself, scored the fight for Loma. Gareth, I think, edged it for Devin Haney. We're going to get stuck into that and where it leaves the lightweight division. Uh, don't forget as well, live boxing returns to TalkSport this weekend. Lawrence Okolo defends his WBO cruiserweight title against Chris Billum-Smith. We'll get stuck into that fight. We'll also talk two other world title fights this weekend. That's boxing, both in the featherweight division as Lee Wood takes on Mauricio Lara and Michael Condon looks to pick up he first, his first world title when he faces Luis Alberto Lopez, who let's not forget last time out beat Josh Warrington for the IBF strap. All right, look, loads to get through. As always, this is Finite Extra on TalkSport 2.
1: be a
0: winner by majority decision and still the undisputed super lightweight champion of the world,
3: Chantelle Il Capo Cameron.
1: Yeah I was petrified, I've seen it before in boxing and it happened to my team before so uh, yeah I was petrified, I thought I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get this decision, it was a close fight, it was going to be a close fight, Katie's a great fighter. Pam, pam, best woman boxer there is, and I turned up for the occasion. Thank you so much for this opportunity to to fight for your belts, and um, looking forward to the rematch.
3: All in favor of your winner by unanimous decision. And still undisputed lightweight
4: champion of the world, Devin the Dream Haney. Devin Haney is 30 and 0. He defends the undisputed lightweight championship by defeating Vasily Lomachenko in a classic. It's a
2: big difference whenever you've got 10-ounce gloves on and when they have sparring gloves on and head guards. But between the two of them, when they used to spar, it was always a great, it was a great spectacle.
0: Gareth, how are you, my man? Uh, tardy as always. A very busy weekend with uh, not a lot of sleep. I'm sure it's the same for you. Um, I like to watch things live, so mm. it was studio for me on Saturday night, obviously during the Katie taylor um, Chantel Cameron card, and then stayed up for the Devin Haney-Vasil Lomachenko fight, because I do like to watch them live. You only get yeah. one chance to watch something live, and uh, it's better than sure. being asleep and watching the recording. So I'm very well. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by all the controversy, Um, but most people don't sit and score fights.
3: True. That's very, very true. People don't. I I agree with you on that one. No one scores it. Well, not many score it round for round, as you should if you're um, getting upset and calling things a robbery, and there certainly wasn't any robberies on Saturday night or the early hours of Sunday morning. Let's talk the big one from the free arena, boxing back in Dublin, fantastic atmosphere. Everything I was promised, they delivered um, we even went to the Black Forge pub. Connor McGregor's pub, he was there. He treated us like his guest. All the food and drink were free. He, he was fantastic. I know there's been some things said online about him this weekend, but in terms of supporting K.E., supporting all the Irish fighters, I think that's tick-tick for Conor, and that always helps. Um, you obviously watched the fight as opposed to me being ringside, for you watched it at home. I feel like people that watched it seem to have maybe viewed the fight differently from ringside. Ringside, I almost thought it was... It could have been a near shutout for for Chantel. I think maybe some had it 8-2, 7-3.
0: How did you score it from the studio? Yeah, that does happen sometimes uh, when you're watching live. Um, From the studio, I scored it a draw. Um, Oh, wow. Wow. 95-95. But Mm. had I not scored it, I had Chantel winning it in my head. And this happens when you score a fight. Those two-minute rounds pass so quickly... Katie had her flurries. Chantel Cameron was very solid. To me, in the generality of the fight, Chantelle Cameron looked like the champion. She looked like the champion all the way through defending her title with Katie Taylor kind of getting ragged and coming undone a little bit, even mm-hmm. early coming undone, because her speed wasn't there. Chantelle stepping with the jab. And those coruscating, eviscerating body shots that were there all night that she found easily to the body were very impressive. She slowed Taylor, who is slowing in my view anyway. Age, wear and tear, those really tough fights I mentioned last week those two Delphine Passoon fights, Tasha Jonas, um, the fight with Amanda Serrano a year ago they are definitely taking out of her last 11 fights have gone to decision. And they're all elite fights, remember, in women's boxing. So there is something taking, being taken away from her to take nothing away from Chantel Cameron, who, as I say, in the generality of the fight, if you weren't scoring it, she was a clear winner for me. Yeah. If you were scoring it, there were a couple of uh, close rounds that I could have gone either way with. So it might have been, uh, a, but more for Chantel. There's no way yeah. Chantel was losing it. But mm-hmm. you could have gone 96, 94, which two of the judges did. But it was a fairly close fight, in my view, round by yeah, round.
3: Yeah, I, I was very surprised about the speed of Chantel's, um, not not necessarily her feet, but her hands. They surprised me because I thought Katie coming up would at least carry up the speed and be the faster of the two. But you could tell from the very first sort of minute of the fight, and I'm guessing this would be the same of you, you could almost see that Chantel was going to win. Like Chantel started at a pace... And I was like, well, if Katie's having to fight like that now already, then there's a problem. Because I thought Katie might outbox her for the first few rounds and then Chantel would make her fight in the second half of it. But she made Katie fight early. And from then on, I I just felt like Chantel was too big, too strong. You mentioned the body shots. I mean, it's rare you see someone do a body attack on Katie like that. And she really sunk them to the body. A couple of times, Katie's legs buckled. But but I, I had Chantel winning it by maybe two or three, but again, I can understand why you had it a draw, because every time Katie landed, the place went mental. It it, it really did, so I I do wonder what next we'll get onto that, but I I thought Chantelle was fantastic.
0: No, she was, as you say, that step-in jab early on. Mm -hmm. She commanded with her footwork as well from very, very early on in the fight, and that was what I, her her ring generalship, if you like, was amazing during the contest, and weirdly, Katie fought better when they went into exchanges, which I thought wouldn't suit Katie. I thought she'd stick and move more, but it was Chantel that had, the, for me, the better game plan and ultimately Mm. deserved her victory. Fantastic victory in the face of a big favourite with everything stacked in Taylor's favour, the six-minute wait in the ring when she was the defending champion uh, for Cameron. So, you know, as we'll hear from her, she wants some things her way this time, you know, if they meet yeah. again.
3: We, we are going to hear from her. You spoke to her and her trainer, Jamie Wall, who done a fantastic job. Salute to Nigel Travis and the whole team as well, who, who obviously got their game plan spot on from the beginning all week. They seemed so comfortable and just confident regardless of the surroundings. So, so they done very, very well. What next do you think both should do?
0: Again, Chantelle is going to tell us what she wants to do. What do you think both should do? Well, I think it was close enough for it to be a rematch. Chantelle Cameron said she'd like to go down to 135 pounds lightweight and go for Katie's undisputed title belts. Um, wow. There's also two fights that they've mentioned with Terry Harper mm. um, and also with Tasha Jonas, which are two brilliant fights as well. All British clashes that will sell out small arenas. I think those three fights are the three for Chantelle Cameron right now. Katie Taylor's the big money fight. They'd probably have to go back to Dublin to do it. Um, But as Chantel said, there'll be a few things in her favour this time as the defending champion. She'll desire for things her way. Maybe, for example, to be first on the poster because it's the big comeback fight, if you like. Even though if they go to lightweight, it's Katie Taylor as the defending champion.
3: Yeah. All right, let's hear from uh, Chantel Cameron. You spoke with both her and her trainer, Jamie Moore. This is what she had to say about a number of things from Saturday night.
1: It's a discussion between me and Jamie. I think Jamie's got my best interests and I listen to Jamie and Jamie's been there, done it. So I'm not just going to say, um, yeah, I want the rematch at 135," and everything's in Katie's favour again. I think this time I should be treated like the champion.
0: I don't think there's any doubt about that, to be honest. I think, you know, wherever it takes place or if it does... Uh if the rematch does play. T- in fact, do you need to rematch her? Do you do you you've beaten the pound for pound number one? Do you actually need to rematch her?
1: I'd like the rematch because if I'm honest as well, I think in the rematch I'll be even better. I think I've had a taste of Katie now and I've got more confidence there because it was quite difficult with the fact like I said, she'll throw one punch and it will just explode. And it was and it was like it does catch the judges' eyes, that sort of noise. And um, I think if we fought again, I think it'll be a different fight. Well, if
0: you make demands this time, would you be happy to go back to Dublin to fight her? Or do you think it should be in the venue that you choose? Or does it make sense financially to fight
1: her in Ireland? What Kay's done for boxing is unbelievable. And she's, she's a massive draw. She still is the biggest draw. And uh, I'll go back to Dublin, but I would want to be rewarded for that a, a lot more.
0: Jamie, who would you who would you like Chantel to face? And how would how do you see the rest of her career mapping out?
4: I think if Chantel rematches Katie, I'd like it to be at 135 for Chantel. So so that she can, you know, this is about her creating her own legacy now. And then, you know, for her to be become multi-weight world champion is all part of that. Um, I think Terry Harper. Um, and Natasha Jonas uh, uh, fights what I think are really interesting as well for Britain Um, uh, you know you know me I love a domestic fight and I think it's, it's great for for our country to have so many girls around that weight category where where they can be involved in them and um, Tasha's done fantastically well so she's having like an Indian summer so a light middleweight fight for Chantelle as well potentially yeah, but don't forget though, Gareth. Yeah, it is at light middle. But yeah. those two girls who I just mentioned have compa- com- campaigned at weights lower than Chantel. Yeah. So, so, so th- th- even though it's at that certain weight, they're not sort of massively different weight categories mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. away from each other. So mm-hmm. it's, it is pretty um, even and fair. And, uh, and they're and all again, legacy now...
0: fights, aren't they? Basically, they're all legacy fights.
4: They're, they're oh, yeah, and, that, and that's what it's about for me now. Shans Chan- earning good money she's doing well for herself this is about creating legacy for herself now and and although Katie probably in you know I, I also love um rematches and trilogies and, and and if that's what happens as time goes on um but, but with those type of fights also come the rewards what she deserves as well so um you know look at Barrera Morales they're a trilogy and 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 that was part of their legacy so I think it's about creating Chantal's legacy now and uh and whatever whatever enhances that and makes it better, I'm all for it.
3: Uh, Chantal Cameron there speaking, uh, and Jamie Moore, of course, speaking to Gareth a. Davis uh, a little earlier. Um, look, she wants to do 135 pounds. She wants it all on her terms as well, and, and rightly so. Like she 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 just beat Katie Taylor. She beat the pound for pound queen, the superstar of, of female boxing. Um, I don't know if she's going to get all those things because Katie's still the big A side in this. It is Katie that probably will dictate. But I like the fact that she says, no, 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 we're not fighting at 140 again. I want to go at your belts. I want to become double undisputed. And that's what Katie wanted to
0: do. I think she deserves the opportunity to be double undisputed. Absolutely right. She, she, you know, deserves her time in the limelight now. Mm. Um, she's beaten who many consider the pound for pound number one. I think um, Claressa Shields is in that mix as well, by the way. I would perhaps consider. She's
3: probably number one now, isn't she, Clarissa? I think
0: she was anyway. Okay, yeah, you did, I, I considered that. her. Certainly, um, Katie and Clarissa, is very hard to choose between them, who's the best out there. But I don't see Clarissa being beaten anytime soon. Obviously, she's in her 20s. Katie's in her, well, 37 coming up. That's the thing. Father time waits for no one. And even mm. though it was a grand homecoming, and like you say, with all the paraphernalia, the razzmatazz of Conor McGregor involved, so all the MMA media were there as well. Yeah. I saw you fraternizing with them as well. They were only there because of Conor McGregor. They weren't there because mm. of Katie Taylor. So which is a, it's just an add-on, isn't it? Very yeah. clever to have Conor McGregor involved as well. Um, you know, um, I thought it was great him supporting ringside. The Irish breathed with her every time she breathed in the week. Um, it was still <laughs> yeah. a fabulous homecoming, but I think age and wear and tear are showing, and it's a very difficult rematch for her, even at 135 pounds. But as she showed in the rematch with Delphine Passoon, she can make adjustments. And to beat to beat Chantel in a second contest, for me, she's got a stick and move.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I um done my top five pound for pound female fighters, um, I-, I tweeted about it. And I think Tasha Jonas kind of questioned why she wasn't maybe in my top five. I, I had this, and l- give me your thoughts on this. I said, Clarissa's number one. I said, Katie's still for me number two, you know, undisputed at, uh, in-, in 135 pounds. I had Amanda number three. I had Chantel now being number four, and Alicia Baumgarten at five. Do
0: you yeah, think Tasha- I think, I think Estrada's got to be in the mix there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, um, Australia, yeah. She's, she's very, very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you look at that mix now and they're all brilliant fighters. Maybe Tasha Jonas deserves to be in the pound for pound as well in the top, certainly five, six. Um, you know, I just realised all of them are undisputed. Yeah, that, well, that's why you're going for that. That's what know. it is. They all of all them in their weight them. classes
3: are undisputed. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. But what's happening at the moment is... In women's boxing, they're able to go up one or two classes, aren't they? It's yeah. As Jamie Moore pointed out to me, the reason why Chantel Cameron can fight Tasha Jonas and Terry Harper, who are light middleweight champions, super lightweight champions, uh, do I mean super lightweight? Uh, super, super welterweight. Super welterweight, super well yeah. Light middleweight. Light middleweight yeah. champions is that they've also come from super featherweight class. They have yeah. smaller weight classes, lighter yeah. weight classes, so um there is this movement at the moment. It's more about the proponents than the weight division, which is very Agreed. different, I think in in men's boxing at the moment. but these are advancements that are coming very quickly in women's boxing, and I think where you have to commend taking nothing away from Chantal Cameron's performance, you have to c- uh, commend Katie Taylor wanting the hardest fights. Um, and this is a fight, as Jamie Moore says, that that Chantel, he's believed, could beat Katie for the last three years, three, four mm. years. He's targeted this fight, and the timing was perfect for them.
3: No, it certainly was. It was um fantastic performance from the whole team, not just Chantel, but as you said, uh, Jamie Moore and uh, Nigel Travis and the rest of the team uh, as well. All right, you're listening to fight Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk three world title fights this weekend, all of them in the UK, including one live on Talk Sport as Lawrence Okoli takes on Chris Billum-Smith remember former former stable mates uh, next up though was Vasily Lomachenko robbed in Las Vegas on Sunday morning we'll discuss all in favor of your winner by unanimous decision and still undisputed lightweight
4: champion of the world Devin the Devin Haney is 30-0. He defends the undisputed lightweight championship by defeating Vasily Lomachenko in a Classic.
1: Look, we, we all love boxing. We all respect boxing. It's Sometimes it's happened. Sometimes it's happened. My father always teach me during life you need to win uh, without question looks clarified but they maybe was not clarified they maybe was not a big domination from my side
3: welcome back you're listening to final extra on talk sport to myself adiel adipo the great gareth a davis uh, there were two undisputed title fights um on saturday or one in the early hours of sunday morning we've just spoken about Chantal Cameron, and katie taylor probably the hottest division right now is the lightweight division Devin Haney defended all the marbles, as they say, in the lightweight division when he beat Vasily Lomachenko uh, by unanimous decision. I asked you, how did you score Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron? I'm going to ask you the same question about Devin Haney, Loma. How did you score this one?
0: Well, it was uh, 5 a.m. Sunday morning, (laughs) watching it live (laughs) on the big screen at home, the 60-inch screen at home. Boy, you got a 60-inch screen, have you? You Jesus. Big old screen, yeah. I mean, You're living the Vida Loca. (laughs) I'm always living the Vida Loca. Um, um, (laughs) um, Or is it the Dolce Vita? Probably the Dolce Dolce Vita. A little bit of Dolce Vita thrown in. Um, Look, again, this was a very close fight in which um, a young fighter against a legend, Devin Haney went to the body as well in this fight an enormous amount. Um, because Lomachenko took away his jab, but he was clever enough to go to the body. I scored it 115-113 to Devin Haney, but Mm. I could easily have scored it a draw or easily uh, seven rounds to to five for Lomachenko. There were two or three very close rounds in there. Um, It wasn't the easiest fight score. Lomachenko came on very strong at the end, and I thought he was good early as well. Devon was good in the middle. Um, It was a high-class, elite fight um, between two great proponents. Mm. Um, It wasn't a robbery. It was just a very, very close fight. And Devon Haney got the nod. The one card, obviously it was 115-113 twice, but the one card I didn't agree with and particularly was Dave Moretti's 116-112. Yes. Addy because he scored the tenth round for devin Haney, and that was clearly one of Lomachenko's strongest rounds, so that was a bit mm. odd um yeah. but if you take that away, it still makes it one fifteen one thirteen to Haney, who did something right. The key is it was close enough that I think we ought to see that fight again. that's the key, yeah,
3: I think that's that's the and that's a great way to kind of end what you're saying there. I think we need to see a rematch. I thought it was really close. Like Going into the fight, I was like, does Loma still have that magic? Can he compete against these young, bigger, stronger Lions? And he proved that he can still compete at 35. I had it 7-5 Loma, but like you, wasn't a robbery. I'm a Loma fan, so maybe the close rounds, I just swing to Loma because I want him to win. I wanted him to win,
0: by the way. My heart (laughs) said Loma, my head said Haney. Yes. And, and 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 I can understand the outbursts from people, the, the emotion mm-hmm. about wanting him to win, about the, the, the poetic justice of a man whose homeland is at war with Russia wrongly, yeah. who served in their military, who carries so many great values, who got pushed at the way in mm-hmm. whose brilliance was on display. The Matrix was there. He was coming in and pirouetting out of punches and 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 his movement, his crab-like movement was brilliant on the night. He had the more telling punches towards the end of the fight when he was rocking Devon Haney's head back. Yes. But there's a difference. Again, watching the generality of the fight, it looked like Loma had won it. But when you score it round by round, it sometimes comes out 7-5 one way or the other Is is minute in boxing. That's what people mm. have to realise, you yeah. know? Seven I, five I six been... six seven five the other way it 's such a close thing it 's so close
3: it, it's it's ridiculously close yeah. Um, yeah. I was surprised with there's been like an outcry, obviously, a lot of people have screamed robbery, which is ridiculous like it wasn 't a robbery, but i've been surprised with most boxers who were there, all of them seem to have said loma, all of them um i, I don 't know if there's this hate for devin haney i 'm not quite sure what it is i don't know if devin haney's has said something, and the the box The boxing aficionados don't really appreciate or like it, but a lot of them seem to go to Loma, which is why, if you're Devon waking up Monday morning, I think you're thinking, let's run it back. Let me show you. Let's run it back because you think he beat me. I'll prove he didn't. Let's do this again in September.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you can pluck out Floyd Mayweather here, and that's who he wants to be. He wants to be a modern Floyd Mayweather, as Shaka Stevenson does, wants to be as Tank Davis wants to be. You know, they want to yeah. go 50-odd fights unbeaten if they can get to 50. But in his most difficult fights, say the Mar- Marcos Maidana fight, where he had a mm-hmm. terrible first six rounds and he was trapped on the ropes, um, he fought him again, didn't he? Yeah. And then the second time, he completely outboxed him. Yeah. I Jose think- Luis Castillo? Jose Luis Castillo. The, the, mm. the thing is, when... When... Um, when... Devin Haney fought George Kambosos twice and looked better the second fight. They're both with the same promoter, with top rank. There's nothing wrong with those two fighting. Uh, yeah. Again, I think it's a, a fantastic thing to do, and it will show Devin's appetite to show that he really wants to prove that he's one of the best out there.
3: Agreed. Um, if, if Devin can't get the Shakur Stevenson fight next, or Shakur, who's chasing Devin, to be fair, can't get it next, then and he's not going to get tanked, that's not going to happen now. I, I understand how this boxing game works. Then, yeah, Loma. It's a big fight as well, and it'll do good numbers. I think the first one, done big numbers. I think the appetite now for it, again, is even going to it's going to work well for both of them. They'll get more money. It, it could go into a bigger arena. This one was at, what, the MGM uh, Grand Garden Arena. They could go to the T-Mobile. For oh, a few but the T-Mg MGM, movies.
0: for me, has all the old romance. It's got the, the history. Place,
3: I, I agree. You know, you are I correct. think it's
0: a better arena. I love it. Absolutely, love it, it.
3: It, it, no, it is, isn't it? In terms of just numbers, though, obviously the bigger ones, the T-Mobile Arena is four or five thousand more, I, I believe. So you, you could go, you could go there again. Final one on this: Devin Haney is obviously the undisputed champ in the lightweight division because of what you saw, because you've seen Javante. Now you've seen Shakur. Do you still believe that Devon's the number one in the division, though?
0: No. No, I don't. Okay. I, I, and also, by the way, if they can't do Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson next, let's do Shakur Stevenson and Shakur, as people are asking me to say, Shakur yeah. Stevenson and Vasil Lomachenko, Ooh. because that's a fantastic fight for me. Shakur Stevenson beats both of those guys, he yeah. beats Loma and he beats Devin Haney. And mm. I loved him in the ring afterwards. I was, oh, you know, it, was, a, it was a great moment. As, as Devon said, I'm number one. And as uh, Shakur replied, J- for now you are. Just for, for, now. Now. for now. Just for now. Yeah. I like it. They don't normally do that, do they? Especially not over here.
3: They don't normally, if a fight's not signed or made, they don't just bring, and look, Shakur is not a nobody, but they don't just bring someone in the ring.
0: Yeah, but I he's like top rank as well, isn't he? Then that's what's great. They can make the fight easily.
3: You yeah, know? No, agreed. Uh, should be fantastic. Um, lightweight division in the next couple of years if they all stay there. If not, they're all going to be at 140 Anyway, and meet there. All right, you are listening to Find It Extra on Talksport Two. Coming up, we're going to talk Mauricio Lara versus Leeward Two, kind of British fighter, finally stop Lara, and we'll look at another featherweight title fight over in Belfast as Michael Condon takes on Luis Alberto Lopez for the IBF strap. Next up, we're going to talk Lawrence Sokole versus Chris William Smith. Remember that is live and exclusive on Talksport this weekend.
2: Can confirm that Lawrence O'Coley will defend his WBO Cruiserweight world title against Chris Billam Smith in Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium, the home of AFC Bournemouth. And still,
1: WBO Cruiserweight champion of the world,
2: Lawrence
3: Not one of those fighters that talks about I'm one of the fighters that goes out and makes it happen.
0: Boardman, you're
2: Two friends. I like Chris, but we have to do what we have to do. Two former gym mates. I like Lawrence. He's a funny guy. He's got someone
3: I want. That's what it is. It's business.
2: Now pitted against each other as enemies. Live on TalkSport, your home of boxing.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Viner Extra on TalkSport 2. Adil at uh, the great Gareth a. Davis. Uh, so many fights uh, this weekend. Uh, all world title fights as well. Uh, the one that TalkSport are covering is down in Bournemouth. Taking place in... At the Vitality Stadium, uh, Lawrence O'Coley defends his world title against Chris Billam Smith. Remember, two former stable mates. Uh, Lawrence was um, trained by Shane McGuigan. His chief sparring partner all the time was Chris Billam Smith. So you think if anyone knows how to beat him, it could be Chris Billam Smith. um You know, when you, in terms of favourites for this fight, obviously, look, Gareth, Lawrence's favourite. But what percentage? What percentage chance do you give Chris Billum-Smith in this? That's
0: a very good question. You know, as Chris has um, admitted and and as Lawrence has revealed, they've literally sparred hundreds of rounds together, Mm. which makes for a, a fascinating fight because they know each other so well and they'll both have had moments of ascendancy in those sparring sessions and moments when they've seen the other guy under pressure yeah. Yet the walk to the ring is a very different thing when it's an actual fight. Chris billam Smith has got the power of Bournemouth behind him. Congratulations to them as well, the football club. I think they've gone to the Premier League this season, haven't they?
3: No, they've stayed in the Premier. Sorry, League. they've stayed. Forgive they my ignorance
0: on football. They've stayed no, that's in okay. That's okay. The, 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 I know that they had a good season. They did, they did. It, By their standard, it was a very good Stephen. Yeat yeah, for so, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the talk of how great it is to build him there and to have this audience for him. And he's a very brave man. He's a very valiant fighter. And if he can get past that very awkward style of Lawrence Sicoli, defending his WBO Cruiserweight title, as you mentioned, he can make inroads and make mm. it dirty, and make it a dogfight, which he has to do. He's got to put Lawrence Coley under pressure. Lawrence didn't look great against David Light. He was made to stutter and falter. Um, and David Light, who really believed in himself, made Lawrence have an off night in lots of different ways. Yes, it was one-sided, but that's what Billum Smith's got to do. Take it to him, make it a dogfight, have a clever game plan, he and Shane McGuigan know a Coley inside out, so they know his weaknesses. They know the things he doesn't like, and they'll be looking to exploit them. Uh, it's a good point you make there.
3: Does that then surprise you as to why Lawrence has taken this fight? Obviously, look, Lawrence thinks he can beat Chris billum Smith up. He, you know, as you say, hundreds of rounds of sparring. He's probably, I'm, I'm going to guess, had the better of those because he is, I think, the better fighter. But, as you say, there's no two people in boxing that know him better than Shane McGuigan and Chris Bilham smith This is a risk. But what's he doing? He doesn't need to do this. It's almost as though his first performance under Boxer was Sander Wellman. he's like, okay, forget it. Chris Billum-Smith then.
0: No, I think, I think this was all part of the plan with Boxer oh, okay. and Sky signing those two and also, of course, Richard Riyakpour. Mm. As a triumvirate of fighters, they must all fight each other. They, they are great for the cruiserweight division. Um, They're great for British boxing. We love a a British dust-up. You know, hopefully we'll get bronzed and beautiful, ready for the battle on the beach in Bournemouth on Saturday (laughs) night. Um, It is an exciting prospect. Um, I just think that the upset will be sprung if it's going to be sprung by Billam Smith, as you say. I haven't answered your question yet. Um, You said what percentage chance. Yes. I, I, I don't know. What first came into my head was... 75-25, you know? I think Um, that's fair. fair. Maybe it is, but maybe it's unfair to Billum Smith as well because he's looked better. He's got better. Um, This is boxing. He's got the home crowd. He's got the home support. What he needs to do, and no one's really managed to do it yet. Put it on him. Put it on him. And no one's really been able to get past that six foot five frame, those very, very long arms, that whatever it is, 85-inch wingspan, same as John (laughs) Jones uh, in MMA. He's a very, very big man, Lawrence. But Billum Smith's a big bruiser as well. I think Billum Smith feels there's something that he knows from their sparring sessions that he can get inside. He's just got to get inside. He's got to Mm. block that right hand. They're both orthodox fighters. He's got to block that heavy right hand. And he's got to get inside that big jab and stop Lawrence holding all the time. Because Lawrence is yeah, a smash yeah. and grab fighter, isn't he?
3: That That's one thing he's got to stop because that's what Lawrence does. And look, because of that, a lot of people have accused Lawrence of being a boring fighter. Let's hear from um, Chris Billum-Smith's trainer, Lawrence's former trainer, Shane McGuigan. He was on with White and Jordan earlier in the week. And he said that Chris Billum-Smith won't allow this to be a boring fight.
2: Well, if he stands off him, he's not going to win the fight. You know what I mean? He has to go and take the fight to him. Yeah. And I think the difference is is that, you know, you said about Reactpour and, and Lawrence. That, to me, would be a boring fight. You know, two oh. guys that like to counter punch, and I think it would be a boring fight. But Chris, he can't even be in a boring spa. You know, he just always gets stuck in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he realizes that's where his success is. So it's uh, he's going to have to roll the dice. He's rolling the dice at home in front of fifteen, sixteen thousand 16,000 people for a world title against a British fighter. It's what dreams are made of. And I think, you know, I just feel like the stars are going to align for him. I think he's going to get the win.
3: Shane McGuigan there, speaking with White and Jordan earlier this week on TalkSport. I, I agree. I don't think Chris Billima Smith's going to let this be a boring fight. Um, he fights so aggressive. He gets caught a lot. I mean, he gets hit a lot. I think that's that's just his style, unfortunately. But his fights are exciting. And I think, again, if anyone knows how to get under that jab, to get close, to land those uppercuts and those big body shots, he likes to throw both left and right. It's him. He knows how to do it. I don't think he will do it. I'm going with what you said earlier, 75-25. But if
0: anyone can do it, it's Chris Billum-Smith. Yeah, and he's only lost once. And that was to the big punching Richard Riakpore by split decision, Eddie. And he's proven himself against some big punchers. Um, he's he, he's managed Tommy McCarthy well twice. That was
3: the one. Yeah, That's the one where I realised he's world level when he yeah, stopped exactly. him the last time out.
0: Um, You know, unanimous decision over... Um, Isaac Chamberlain. He's coming in off that brilliant knockout of Armin Jujai. Um, mm. And thankfully, it was only five months ago. He's not had to wait eight, nine months to get in the ring. Um, as I say, the, the Bournemouth massif will be behind him. I'm really looking forward way, to we, it.
3: We, I think, sorry to cut across you, graph. We need to applaud him on that, by the way. Um, he was begging Eddie for this, for a stadium fight in Bournemouth. And look, And Not every stadium fight needs to be 50,000, 60,000. Bournemouth's capacity it just doesn't allow for that. It's a small stadium and he's done it. He's he's filled it. They, I'm hearing they've sold out, I think, eleven and a half, twelve thousand 12,000 tickets. And you've got to applaud him on that because he's not a big name, you know, he, but he's done well. Like I never thought Chris and smith would get
0: to this stage where he's British, European, Commonwealth and now fighting for a world title. Yeah, well, you say that, but Lawrence is the defending champion. He's ranked number one by the WBO. And he's, where is he? He's two with the WBA. So he deserves this shot. Um, Mm. Just as Richard Riakpore deserves a fight with the winner with the fact that he's ranked uh, four with the WBC, two with the IBF, and two with the WBO. So we've got a natural fight afterwards, which augurs well for this year. Um, Look, Boxer and... uh, and uh, Ben Shalom were under fire over their situation with Fraser Clark and Fabio Wardley last week, which has blown over now. And it was a promotional blunder and a promotional management team blunder. Fraser Clark's addressed this, um, but this is this is a great division they've got on their hands here, and and long may it rain in that respect because we've got some terrific fights. If this is a blockbuster fight, and I do, I am picking. Uh, a coley to win by late stoppage or on points mm. um if this is a blockbuster or it goes against the grain uh, and and chris billum smith wins a going to have to come back and fight him but he might have to fight him after react fought forts um, uh billum smith
3: that's what we want i, I want react yeah. and i know react will be ringside i know he's going to jump over the ropes and he's going to go face to face with the winner and then they're going to make that fight next and that, that's what we want that's what coley wants that's what british boxing wants I wish both of them good luck. I like both men. Um, I expect it to be a really good fight. Are you there or are you from the studio on Saturday?
0: No, I'm in Belfast tomorrow till Friday. Mm -hmm. I'm doing some work on the Conlon Lopez fight, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, which I'm excited to do. Belfast is one of the greatest fight cities in the world. I'm doing some work over there, some TV work. I'm coming back and I'm doing talk sport in Bournemouth on Saturday night. Flying back Friday night, driving down to Bournemouth in the afternoon for the battle on the beach in the open air. Weather looks good. Cannot wait. It's going to be a balmy you uh, Have you
3: have you, um, have you double-checked the car before you set off?
0: Listen, I'm going in the Jag this time. Uh, oh, four by four, so... I so... <laughs> forgot, I forgot you've got a, a man of multiple cars. Sorry. And man. if not, oh, I'll man. go down on the motorbike. <laughs> we go. If not, I'll sail there. <laughs> or cycle. Or, cycle. or just hitchhike. Who knows? <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're
3: listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, big weekend in the featherweight division as Lee Wood looks to recapture his world title and Michael Condon looks to pick up a belt of his own. Welcome back to Final Extra. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth Faye Davis, um... Uh, Three world title fights this weekend, which is ridiculous, on three different broadcasters, Mm. by the way. We've already spoken about Lawrence O'Curley defending his WBO Cruiserweight title against Chris Billum-Smith. We also have Mauricio Lara against Lee Wood. We have uh, Michael Conlon looking to become a champion when he takes on Luis Alberto Lopez. Before we speak about Lee Wood and Lara and Conlon Lopez, what what would you make of this? Three world title fights, three broadcasters, all of them are probably going to go at the same time around 10 o'clock
0: it's ridiculous.
3: Is that the stupid?
0: Yeah, there used to be the old Palzac, didn't there? That they didn't do these kind of things on the same night. Three in one mm. night in the same time zone is—I can't remember that. If I'm honest, no. I can no. remember two going head to head. Yep. But three is very unusual. Um, it kind of reflects the past. Who's is got there the a best UFC one? event as well? Who's got the saying? best one. Well, I—I th- I think Akoli and well, I <laughs> okay. think Acoli and. Um, And Billam Smith on the beach is a good one because it's, it's, you know, it's a football stadium. It's outdoors. The big boys. It's the big guys. It'll be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, And, you know, look, I'd happily be at all of them, but um, it's impossible. Um, You know, look, the old pals act is not there anymore. People can, record things, watch it back now. You can watch it back on the zone. You can press the red mm. button on the other channel. Um I don't know if it's if it's promotional rivalry or just the way it's fallen, frankly. Um mm. but I I I it doesn't it doesn't help in any way because I don't think it's a massive week next week. But it's just the way it's fallen. Um yeah. you know Mauricio, Lara and and Lee Wood is a fight that's been made very quickly after the first one. Great news for Lee Wood, in my view. Um, I mean, where do you want to start? Belfast or Manchester well, or let's, let's let's
3: start. Let's start Belfast. Actually, uh, Michael Collins, Luis Alberto Lopez. Obviously, look, Michael Collin challenged for a title before. Uh, got stopped in that thrilling fight against Lee Wood, where he got punched through the ropes, and he, he's come back well. And he, he looks like he's not lost a step. Um, He's got all the arrogance and confidence and swagger you you would expect. Um, And I I think he's got a very good chance against Luis Alberto Lopez, who I saw uh, live up close and personal when he beat Josh Warrington. And I remember thinking, I think Michael would do him. Like I remember thinking Josh just doesn't have the same boxing ability that Michael Conlon has. Although I still think Michael Conlon's quite smart the weight. I just think um, with the Irish crowd behind him, I think he's going to do something special. And I expect him to become world champion. Um, and then he's in a red-hot division where unifications, big fights, whether it be Lee Wood rematch, Warrington potentially. Um, he's a very, very special fighter. And I really like the fact that that defeat hasn't dented him because it can and it hasn't done it anything to
0: him. Well, on, on, that, on that note, first of all, I do believe um, that his ring walk's been brought forward slightly. Oh, um, nice. So that they can get him in the ring a bit earlier, which is a good move. By top rank to do that, in my view. As I say, nine
3: o'clock or or something is that what you're hearing potentially?
0: Yeah, they they want to do it early, which it makes sense. Um, But I think the thing is about Michael Conlon, apart from that loss to Leeward, he's had two wins since then, hasn't he? And he's looked fantastic. I I spoke to him about um, about what it was like. I think I read, first of all, actually, a brilliant piece by Elliot Wurzel in Boxing News about coming back and having a spar after being knocked out and the nerves around it and how he felt. And I spoke to Michael after reading that piece and he was saying that he was um, very happy with how he felt afterwards. It was Mm. an amazing fight that with Lee Wood. What was that, March last year? Um, Yeah. So it's quite a long time ago, two fights to recover. He's done, you know, 10 rounds with Miguel Marriaga, since then, and a, and a one-round knockout of Karim Guerfi to, yeah, for his own European kind of
3: champion Guerfi.
0: Yeah, tensile power. Um, the one thing I'd say, what I like about Conlon is that um, I think Luis Alberto Lopez is known as the Deer. He prances. He's got power, but he's got this weird prancing style that we saw against Josh Warrington, where if you're not erudite in the ring, if you haven't got IQ in your movement to ring generalship, he can he can alarm you. He can, dis, he can, he, he can create this mirage in front of you. Conlon, rather like Chantel Cameron last weekend, is very good at sticking to his game plan and sticking to his game. Um... And watching the other fighter, he's very, very adept. I think he's arguably the number one featherweight in the world. Arguably. Yeah? Yeah. There's Um, there's an argument there. And I expect him to win this fight on points. I don't Mm. think Lopez will be able to do the same as he did in the way that he frustrated Josh Warrington uh, in in that fight that that he beat Warrington. I think that... um, Conlon will become the IBF featherweight champion on points on Saturday night.
3: Yeah, look, Conlon, fantastic fighter. Nothing but good words to say about him. Um, You said, arguably, he could be the number one featherweight in the world. There is an argument, there's a conversation. I think the number one featherweight in the world is the guy we're going to see on Saturday in Manchester, and that's Mauricio Lara, who just seems to have detonating power in both hands. I mean, knocked out and brutally beat up Josh Warrington, stopped. Uh, Lee Wood as well. Um, And they go again, they go again. And, you know, normally I say repeat or revenge. And I just feel like it's going to be a repeat. I I just, it's a quick turnaround to get in there with someone that done that to you um, a few months ago. I don't know why it's happening so quick, um, but we do it again. Lara is just so confident and just, it's bordering on arrogance, but that's because he knows how good he is. He knows what he can do. He has no fear I saw him walk into Heddenley, Josh Warrington fight. And obviously it was called off after a couple of rounds because of a head clash. The atmosphere in there was so intimidating. He was walking into the ring smiling. And I was like, if that doesn't intimidate you, nothing will. These Mexicans, they come into this country. (laughs) I sound like this is an advert for um, Brexit. They come into this country (laughs) and have zero fear. Like it almost, like where they're from, the the rough streets of Mexico coming over to here. almost seems like a cakewalk for them. And the atmosphere is going to be intimidating again at the AO arena, but he seems to, he seems to love it. He seems to have no fear. And I expect him and I'm a big Lee Wood fan, but I just can't see anything but repeat here. I really can't. Yeah. Well, look,
0: we saw it in Dublin on Saturday night with Gary Cully and Jose Felix. Yeah. Yeah,
3: one. Mexicans
0: come over here and they know that there's a big audience for fight sports in Europe particularly in Ireland and the UK at the moment. Um, they they know that these are their world title fights. They can make a name for themselves. Lara's made a name for himself, for British fans. Um, you know, this is his fourth fight in the UK, I think it is, if I'm right in saying. Um, Third, fourth? Yeah. Well, two fights with Josh. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yes, you're right. And, and, and Lee, obviously, yeah. second yeah. fight with Lee Wood. Hart says Lee Wood. Mm-hmm. He was out boxing um Mauricio Lara when he was when the towel came in in the 7th round he was hurt in the 7th round he was ahead on points on the cards he was he was can he do it again i think he can be ahead in the fight but my my although my heart says Lee would, and i'd love he and ben davison to pull this off his trainer to pull it off my head says lara will catch him at some point that's not to say that lee wood as well we were talking about michael conlan just now doesn't have the power to put fighters away as well He does. Um, But like you say, there seems to be something special about this guy, Lara, who we may not have seen just how good he is yet. That's why I'd like to see him against Conlon at some point. But who knows what's going to happen. If the two winners of these fights will probably meet at some point down the the line. The losers could
3: meet. (laughs) That's how good the matchups are. The losers could meet. And it'll be be big fights. Um, All right. That's it. For this week, uh, a quick reminder, remember this Saturday, TalkSport brings you exclusive radio commentary of Lawrence Okoli versus Chris Bill and Smith for the WBO World Cruiserweight title. That's live from Bournemouth Vitality Stadium. Our coverage kicks off at 7pm over on TalkSport 2 before switching over to TalkSport at 9 o'clock for the main event. That's exclusive World Championship box this Saturday, right here on TalkSport. And then, don't forget, this show next week, we're going to look back on obviously all of those world title fights. Leeward versus Mauricio Lara, or should I say Mauricio Lara versus Lee Wood and Luis Alberto Lopez versus Michael Conlon. Big, big, busy week of boxing. And we'll have it all for you, all covered, all spoken about on next week's show. Gareth, my man, as always, appreciate it. Thank you very much. My pleasure as always, Addy. Great stuff, Gareth. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers.